Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay. My name is Debbie. I am a compulsive overeater. I used to be also an undereater. I'm not an undereater anymore. I was an exercise bulimic. I'm not that anymore. I'm, I'm really pretty old and couldn't carry on with as much um, exercise as I've done, but basically have had almost every form of eating, of disordered eating that there is possible to have. So it all can vary over time. And I've been in program for six years, October. So it's six full years. I don't know. I can't even guess at how, many, how much of that time I've been abstinent. And my definition of abstinence changes on a regular basis. Um, at the moment, it's no binging and no added sugar. But that could change. Um, I went through a period with no flour. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my, my eating history. And then I have notes that are totally in no order all over in front of me on this counter. So I will ramble because I ramble. So I don't pretend to be an expert in anything for anybody new. This is everything I say is just my opinion and there's no expertise in this at all. Okay, so history wise, was born a long time ago and um, to very slender, sophisticated parents in the 50s. And basically had no thoughts or issues of any kind about food until I got to be about 10, was the summer before I was going to sleepaway camp. And my mom bought me a two-piece bathing suit, which was also the first time because I had a lot of older girl cousins that I actually had a brand new suit. Um, and I loved it. It had horizontal stripes, which many years later I knew never ever to do, but at, at that age, not at all. And I thought it looked absolutely great. I was so, so excited. And my parents looked at me in it and said, Okay, well, I think you need to start sucking in your stomach. And that was the start of my realizing that, okay, there's something wrong with my body. So I went off to camp and I can tell you from all my childhood pictures that I was not even chubby until I was like out of high school. My, my eating disorder didn't take on any kind of an overweight component. But on the other hand, I'm bigger boned and I didn't have, you know, I got my grandmother on my father's side structure. So it was really clear I wasn't going to have tiny little ankles and tiny little wrists like my mom. And they were disappointed. So that was about the age I started realizing that there was something really wrong with me and I wasn't going to be good enough because it didn't seem like there was any way to correct it. Um, I started sneaking food because my parents were pretty controlling about what one could have and not. And when I got my first allowance, I um, discovered, you know, hostess cupcakes and would hide them and eat them. And I, we're, we're allowed to mention specific foods in, in this meeting. So 
anyway, as I said, time, time went on and I was neurotic about food and I started feeling very ashamed of my body, even though there was nothing wrong with it. And I was a late dater. So it wasn't like I was thinking about that social aspect. It was just like, I did not look like my, like my mother and I was never going to. So I was pretty much into sneak eating, hiding things under my bed, and then not eating for a period of time, you know, or just barely eating dinner. So I was already learning how to withhold from myself. My first job was at 16. I got a part-time job in the supermarket and I got fired fairly quickly because apparently you're not allowed to just pick anything off the shelves and eat it right in clear sight because you worked there, which I somehow thought that that gave me free reign to eat whatever I wanted. So that was like literally, I was about 16. And that was my only job in high school. It lasted about two months and that was the end of me there. And then I didn't have to find another job. So by the time I was in my late teens, my mother was dying of cancer and I started gaining weight. It was high school was just ending and I was angry and screwed up like any other kid that age. And I started blowing up. And then I went through a period of, I was either, I was binging or I was not eating or not eating enough. So I went through a period where I got pretty heavy and then I wound up going the other direction and wound up way underweight and hospitalized for being underweight. So it's, as I said, it's been all over the map. I've been on every single diet that's ever been written, I think. Um, none of them work. Well, they all work. You can lose weight on them if you can follow them. And then, and then the diet's over and you gain it all back. About 10 years before I, this last six years ago, when I went into OA, I went to an OA meeting. And it was in New Jersey where I was still living at the time. And it was very religiously oriented and Christian religious. I'm not religious, never have been religious. I'm an atheist, but I was brought up Jewish. So I really felt that not only did I not believe in God, I was in the wrong place completely. So that was the end of that. And then I went through a number of years of trying different diets and fasting. I would binge and, and literally fast for four days after a bad binge. Um, and the last successful diet I went on, I remember getting to the quote end of it and thinking how long is this going to last because I knew it couldn't last and as I started at that point to gain weight back I was actually thinking of like jumping off the roof of my building my kids were old enough it's like okay they can do without me I got them they're you know the younger one is into college and you know, I'll be, I'll be okay. They'll be okay. If I'm gone, I'm just tired. I'm tired of obsessing about food all day long. I'm tired of all of this. And I walked into an OA meeting and it, and, and it saved me. It saved me because I was in a room full of people who were saying that they did the same kind of insane stuff that I did throwing food away, getting it out of the garbage can again, stealing food, whatever. There's a million different things. And I did all of them. So I've been in program for six years and I was on the East coast at the beginning and it was not a, um, 
alternative kind of meeting. So I still had to deal with everybody talking about higher powers. I don't have a higher power. Um, but I kind of did, because I think food was my higher power. Um, to some extent, how other people thought of me was my higher power. I mean, all the negativity in my life might have been. But at any rate, I still felt that it was enough of the right place that I could, I could really, this was where I belonged. Because all of these other people were just as fucking crazy as me. And then four and a half years ago, I moved out to California and discovered alternative steps and I discovered the free thinkers and my life really, really changed. And then I really was able to get some sort of more lasting or more real abstinence. So I decided that NAVCOV, that's it. That's my history. So here I am quite old and I'm going to tell you how just met like a, I, I took notes. So I wrote down like a line or two about how I work the program, like what does the, what do the tools mean to me? Like do whatever. So um, food plan, I already said varies totally all the time, or at least I said my abstinence varies all the time, but my food plan varies all the time too. And I right now do not weigh and measure and I don't cook at all. So I never pre-plan what the hell I'm eating the next day. Um, although I tend to eat the same thing over and over and over again. Another tool, sponsoring and being sponsors. My first week at the first meeting in New Jersey, a man called me who was at that meeting and asked me if he wanted to be my sponsor. He was a social worker, retired. So he could have been like a relative. It was so, he was so, he had the same accent as me. He was like, this is, this is it. And don't worry, you don't have to believe in God. I don't believe in God. That was, you know, so I didn't know how I was going to make any of that work, but he was the right person that came along right that minute. And he was my sponsor until I moved out, actually, even for a while out here. And I'm still friends with him, phone friends with him. This is really, really nice. So I've always had a sponsor. When he stopped sponsoring me, I had replaced him with someone else. I know that these days it's not that easy to find a sponsor. I have literally not, not had a sponsor for more than a week in the six years I've been in program. I know that that's really important to me. I need that person that I feel like I have to be accountable to on some level and who can connect with me. Meetings are the lifeblood. This is where I've met my closest friends since I'm out here in person. And on Zoom, I've met wonderful people. I mean, I guess like we're in the world of Zoom forever, but um, but meetings are where I am grounded. Every time I come, I, even if I don't want to go to a meeting and I don't say anything, I will hear something that resonates with me and that is helpful. Okay. Literature. I'm big on secular literature. Um, although I have the original AA big book, I have the 12 and 12 too. And I actually found the first time I did the steps, which we'll come to, um, the, the format for doing the fourth step in the big book was actually very helpful to me. And 
I'm very disorganized and it made me do things in columns and it was, it was really good. It was exactly what I needed. Um, so do I read something every day? No. Do I, I think about reading something every day, um, uh, you know, oh, a program related. I read something every day, it's not program related. Um, but I think about it. And I think about writing too. And sometimes I actually do write. In fact, that's how I got all these notes about my thoughts for this meeting is basically stuff that I've scribbled through different on different pads over the last four years since I've been in California. So that's why some of it may be very, very disjointed or just out of context. Anyway, okay, what else? Action plan. I My action plan is I get up every morning and make my bed. That's, I get up, I, I, have, I have a routine. My action plan is having a routine that makes me feel like my life is in control. So I get up at the same time every day and let my dog out the door and feed my two cats. And then I go back to sleep. And then I get up like an hour or so later, get up, make my bed, get dressed, get ready for the day, play 10 minutes of ball with my dog, who at that point is like driving me completely crazy. And then I am ready to face the whole day. And it makes me feel like, okay, my food can be good today because my life is in order. So that's my action plan. Action plans I don't think have to be about food. Service. I love sponsoring. Every time I've done any kind of step work with, with a sponsee, it renews my own work. It, you know, it, 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 it helps me. Talking to, you know, I, I just, I love it. That to me is like the greatest service. Um, I get back at least as much as I give. And I feel it's important to do, you know, even if you can't sponsor, do other service. Um, I've been a secretary to this meeting on Mondays or Wednesdays pretty much forever, I think. You know, when my time is up on Monday, I'll probably volunteer for Wednesday again. Um, or, you know, there's not that many different services I can do, but that one I really like a lot. I don't have a computer, so I can't be a moderator. I can't be a Zoom catcher or whatever it is. Um, and in the old days, service was moving chairs and helping set up a meeting or taking, taking all the material home with you that couldn't be stored at whatever the facility was. So, okay. Did I get through all this? Okay. Done with that. Where am I on time? Uh, Nicole? Who's, you're muted. You've, got a bit, you've only huh? got a minute left to your five-minute reminder. So a total of six minutes. You have six, have minutes, six minutes left. minutes left? Yes. I talked through that long already. Awesome. Okay. So... Quickly, I'm just going to tell you my thoughts. I, I was looking through the um, Alternative Steps book last night. Actually, went to the Alternative Steps meeting, and and each. So this is these are my versions of the what means something to me. In the first for the first step, one of them, the Cleveland one, was admitted I was powerless in my life, or that maybe that's a standard one. My life had become unmanageable. And then it was a Cleveland admitted my attempts to control it were futile. So here's the theme. 
that's the one that spoke to them most because admitted rather than, you know, no, that wasn't it. I'm sorry, I asked, I said, told you I was gonna ramble. No, the humanist one is the one that I've meant the most to me, which was accept the fact that all my efforts to stop eating have failed. So acceptance is what all the three, and step two, the one that meant the most to me was kind of came to accept that I needed help to deal with my problem. So once again, I was reading all these steps and that was the one because it had the word acceptance in it. And the third one that spoke to me the most was made a decision to accept things that were out of control. So no matter what one believes, I guess the point I'm making is that there's a way of finding something that can work, that can make sense to you, that can help how you think that, you know, this program, this program works. And okay, so, and I talked to my sponsor this morning, who I insisted not come to this meeting. Um, and she's good, I checked, she's not here. Um, since I've been abstinent, I am definitely less insane about food. Um, I keep moving forward. It's really progress, not perfection. And my whole life is a story of progress, not perfection. Um, I'm not afraid of change like I used to be a long time ago. Um, I keep showing up. That's the other thing. Even if I have a bad day or if I have, you know, a bad enough slip that I could say I can't sponsor anymore, I still show up. And I have, I think the biggest thing is I have put my sanity and abstinence above what I weigh, which is not what I want it to be. I will, God only knows if I'll ever drop the 20 pounds I want to lose or not. I'll never be happy with, this is not the way I want to look, but I accept it. This is like, this is who I am at this age. This is who I am. And I'm not morbidly obese. And even though I look in the mirror and I don't see what's accurate there, I, you know, whatever it is, it's okay. People still care about me regardless. I think I'm done. Thank you very much.